Almighty God, bless the reading and hearing of your word. Let the Holy Spirit descend upon us, that we may understand your word for us today. As your scriptures are read, as your word is heard, let the utterances of our mouths and the meditations in our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, by your Holy Spirit and your Holy Church. And let God's people say, Amen. Our reading today comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 10, verses 25 through 37. A legal expert stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he said, what must I do to gain eternal life? Jesus replied, what is written in the law? How do you interpret it? He responded, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your being, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus said to him, You have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. But the legal expert wanted to prove that he was right, so he said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, A man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho. He encountered thieves who stripped him naked, beat him up, and left him near death. Now it just so happened that it was also going road. When he saw the injured man, he crossed over to the other side of the road and went on his way. Likewise, a Levite came by that spot saw the injured man, and crossed over to the other side of the road and went on his way. A Samaritan, who was on a journey, came to where the man was. But when he saw him, he was moved with compassion. The Samaritan went to him and bandaged his wounds, tending them with oil and wine. Then he placed the wounded man on his own donkey, took him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took two full days' worth of wages, gave them to the innkeeper, and said, Take care of him. And when I return, I will pay you back for any additional costs. What do you think? Which one of these three was a neighbor to the man who encountered thieves? Then the legal expert said, The one who demonstrated mercy toward him. Jesus told him, Go and do likewise. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Today marks the end of our series on the seven deadly sins, and we come to what may be the deadliest of them. And it's because of how little it takes to fall into sloth. Especially because we often think of sloth as simply laziness, and we leave it at that. But there's more to it than that. The problem with sloth is sloth is that thing that keeps us from doing the right thing. And you can actually be so busy that you fall into this trap. We see that in our scripture today. We often hear about the Good Samaritan, and we don't think about the priest and the Levite and why they would have just walked on by. And an insight into that gives us an idea of just how easy it is for us to fall into the trap that is sloth. They didn't stop to do the right thing. And in the end, not doing what is right when you have the opportunity to do what is right is the problem that sloth brings. If we were to say it's just not doing anything, I can think of plenty of people that would be better off not doing anything than the things that they do. There are times when not doing anything is the best course of action. But sloth is that thing that makes us not do the things that we should be doing. And we run into that problem all the time. And we always have an excuse for it. And that's where sloth becomes a problem. 
Because we can make up almost every excuse we can, and it all sounds really good. And I started thinking about this when I started thinking about the priest and the Levite. Because I could almost hear the excuses that I hear on a daily basis. Well, I was going to stop, but I was already running late for my appointment. And if I had stopped, it would have thrown everything off, and I have a lot of important things to do today. Well, if I had stopped, how do I know it wasn't a trap and they weren't just going to try to mug me next? Well, maybe somebody else will take care of him because I just don't have any means to take care of him at the moment. If I stop and help this man, I won't have time if there's somebody else further up the road so that I can help them. And you know, it's interesting how often I hear that last one. Well, I've got to make sure that I've got something to give. Well, if you're not giving it, then what's the point in having it set aside to give if you're always waiting for the next person that's going to come after the one in need? And that's the problem with sloth. We fall into this trap where we're constantly not doing the right thing because we're waiting for the right opportunity. Walking by every opportunity that pops up. And we do this in almost everything that we can possibly do it in. If there is something that we can put off doing, we will find a way to put off doing it. And the problem is, is that we often see this as something that's just part of life. That we live life so busy now that we think we can't possibly be slothful because we're so busy doing everything. But sometimes we get so busy, we get so wrapped up in doing our things that we're not doing the right thing. We get so caught up in all of our activities and building up our treasures here on earth, we don't think about that storehouse in heaven. We don't think about our good deeds adding up. And sometimes we expect our words to be enough. We expect that if we say, well, Jesus Christ is my Savior, then I'm saved. And we're good. But it's interesting that if our words are defined by our actions, how often our actions betray our words. If you have a dog and you say, I love you, every time you hit it, it's not going to think those words mean what you think they mean. And the same thing happens if we say, well, Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior but I don't have time to help the needy. Jesus Christ is my Lord, but I can't be bothered to help those foreigners. Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior, but I don't have time to visit with somebody in prison. Why would I ever want to do that? Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior, but I don't have enough food to share today, so I guess somebody's going to have to go hungry. Those words no longer mean what we intended them to mean when our actions betray them. And that's why I consider sloth to be one of the most dangerous of sins. Because any time that we fail to do the right thing, when we have the opportunity to do the right thing, we betray all that we proclaim to be. Because the people we're not helping are God's children. When we say, I don't have time to help this person, we're saying, I don't have time to help God. 
And the interesting thing about the Good Samaritan, the Samaritan would not be anybody that you would associate with. The Samaritan in the story would basically be the furthest outside outsider you can think of. If you had a journey and you had a choice of taking an extra day to go around Samaritan land or traveling through it, you would go around it. You would not speak to them, eat with them, do anything with them. But Jesus chooses the Samaritan as the person doing right in this story. And I think he does it to show that despite what the priest and despite what the Levite, two holy men, despite what they say about themselves, their actions betray who they claim to be. Whereas the Samaritan's actions make him closer to God than any of the people proclaiming to be God's children. If our actions don't speak louder than our words, our words will ring hollow. If words, our words will ring false. If we say one thing and we do another, we aren't just betraying ourselves. We are betraying God. Too often we find excuses and we make up stories as to why we can't do the right thing. Too often we become contented with saying, well, I don't agree with this, but. And instead of saying, I don't agree with this and it needs to stop, we say, I don't agree with this, but what can I do? You know, the first thing I would do is pray. And too often, that's our first and our last. If all I do is pray, I'm not going to have any action to back up what I'm doing. And my prayer is going to be betrayed by my actions. Now, the thing is, we pray and then we do. Because those last words that Jesus gives this legal expert, Jesus told him, go and do likewise. Not go and pray that you'll be like this guy. Not go and remember what he did. Go and do what he did. Go and be the person that makes the difference. Go and do something. Because even if you think it's insignificant, it probably means something to somebody. In a world so busy, in a world so full of ways that we can talk to each other, it's amazing what a genuine greeting will do for somebody. It's amazing what happens when we stop scheduling so much time for all of our meetings and all of our things that keep us busy and we schedule some time to make some phone calls just to say hello. It's amazing what happens if we schedule out some of our busy work and we schedule in a time to sit down and write someone a letter. That we call somebody just to say hello and how are you? that we stop and we go, what can I do? If I don't think this is right, what can I do? And maybe it's writing a letter to somebody else. Maybe it's writing to your member of Congress. Maybe it's writing to somebody who has a little bit more power than you do. Maybe it's writing to a friend to go, maybe you can think of somebody that we can contact, that we can start doing something about this. But it's doing something. Even if it's just that first tiny step, it's amazing how often that first tiny step turns into something bigger. 
God plants those seeds. We often think that if it's not a tree, it's not important. And that's the downfall of sloth. We don't take the time to do the important things because we don't understand how important they are. If you stare at a tree and go, gosh, how can I ever have a tree? And somebody says, well, I need you to go plant this seed. And you go, well, that's not big enough. I want a mighty tree. I don't want this tiny seed. That's what happens when we reject all those tiny things that we do as kindness. All of those tiny mercies that we show. All of those little chances we have to forgive and help people. When we ignore them thinking there is some grand big thing waiting for us, we never plant the seed and the tree never grows. God calls us to do. It's not enough to say, I am one of God's children. We have to act as if we are God's children. What does that mean? It means that we love. We love God with everything that we have and we love God with all that we are. And we love ourselves and we love our neighbors just as we love ourselves. Think about that time that you've had where you wish somebody would give you a call because you were feeling down or you're feeling a little lost and you just needed someone, anyone, to say it's going to be all right. Now that that's in your mind, think about how many people around you may be needing to hear that today. How many people need lifted up from that spot that they need just that little boost to say, you're going to be all right. God loves you and I love you. If we know it will make a difference in our lives, then how can we not understand what a difference it would make in the lives of others? But we have to take that step and we have to go and do. To be the church, we have to go out and do God's work. Don't fall into the trap of sloth, waiting for the work to come to you. Don't fall into the trap thinking that God's going to drop it on your doorstep and when he does, you can go out, sign for it, open it and say, fantastic, and walk away. (coughs) The task ahead is not easy, but it is worth it. God's children are worth it because the kingdom is worth it. But it's up to us, each and every one of us as we are, to do what we can, when we can, as often as we can. To be all that we can. For God's sake. For our neighbor's sake. For the sake of our souls. Go out and do likewise. And live. Amen.